0: So uh, we, we're just uh, talking in the studio as we get uh, episode two of everything PC off the ground here, uh, where we're going to be talking about Microsoft, but what Microsoft would be if it was an Afrikaans
1: word? mikro or klein-sach? Yes, something like that. Um, hmm... <laughs> it does really I've got some old Afrikaans <laughs> customers that will probably know exactly what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Someone mail us info dot what, what would a direct translation of Microsoft be into Afrikaans? And that's what we're going to be talking about today in episode two of Everything PC of season two, of course. Brought to you by HP and Microsoft, our sponsors for season two. Welcome. My name is Duncan McLeod and uh, I'm here with my collaborator on this venture, Gerard Pretorius. Gerard, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good, well, welcome. welcome. Welcome to the studio. Yes. Uh, if you missed episode one last week, yes, we are in studio. We are no longer doing this uh, co- this uh, podcast uh, via the internet. And I think it's uh, it's actually great to see you in person. Yes. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, glad, glad that COVID is over. Yes, we now this.
1: we can all celebrate. COVID is gone. Absolutely. Hopefully it's gone now. Yes. Touch
0: wood. <laughs> uh, anyway, episode two, we're going to talk about... Microsoft, we're going to talk about Windows, and I'm quite excited about this. I've been a yes. Windows user, I'm trying to think now, when I first started using Windows was I think in 1990, so that's um, 32 years ago, okay. three, three decades, I started yes. with Windows 3.0, um, and I think you said you, you your first experience with Windows was... 95. Uh, Windows 95.
1: Yes. Okay, so
0: it's not too far... Beyond yes. that, uh, yeah. because it was 3.090, then 3.1, which was a huge step up on 3.0, yes, uh, in 1992, and then three years after that, it was Windows 95, which yes. was, of course, a massively massive leap. Yeah, massively 95
1: forward. was the big leap, and then small iterations in the next, and then XP was the next big N- leap forward next once big again. One,
0: so, uh, and of course, XP was uh, uh, very much a, um, uh, a change of, of base infrastructure. It was built yes. on top of Windows NT. And that was the end
1: of the Windows 9X. Yes, no, right. NT was the actual proper replacement for the other operating systems, because yeah. 2000 was... Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Windows 2000. Oh, a lot of people ran Windows 2000 on their desktops. Yes, well, mm. it's,
1: well Windows is the tradition where when service back one comes out then it's then it's working yes anything before service back one it's a pretty much yes (laughs) same as windows 11 basically yeah are we gonna (laughs) we're
0: gonna we're gonna get into windows 11 in some detail and i really want to understand where microsoft's going with windows 11. um but let's look a little bit of the history because it's it's kind of kind of fun um uh, speaking of history, I forgot we've got a we've got a bit yes. of history here, which in is our in our feature <laughs> almost slipped me. Yeah, slipped my mind. Uh, before we get onto anything to do with Microsoft, uh, this when this product was released, I think Windows ninety five wasn't out yet. It was, no. would have been Windows three point one at the time. Yes, no,
1: that would be uh, early days. I, th- I think
0: cutting edge of the um, from Microsoft at the time was Windows three point one one for workgroups. Remember yeah, that? work groups, yes. That's, that's for work groups. That's all.
1: <laughs> oh, full circle, We're networking into Windows for the
0: first time. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, what we have Boy. here is a, um, is a US Robotics uh, 28.8, or was it a 32.2? I think it might have been a... I think it was a 28.8, a US Robotics Courier dial-up modem, uh, which back in the day connected to Telcom's copper infrastructure, uh, peaked out at uh, I think uh, the most I ever got on this was about 21 or 22 kilobits per second, ah, and that was on a good day when the wind glorious. was blowing in the right direction yes. and uh, Telcom was feeling uh, generous. Yes, um, but a bit of history here. This came in, out in 1994. I bought this from uh, from Data Tech at the time, uh, Jens Montanana's company, which had just started out. Um, uh, I think I actually dealt with him at the time to to to, to secure this uh, US Robotics modem. It was quite pricey, I think. It was about 3,000 random money. Yes. In that that money.
1: Would, there uh, were some high-end modems <laughs> those days.
0: Quite incredible. So it's got a, a parallel port at the back. Of course. Uh, it's got uh, two jacks. Why would it
1: have had two jacks? One for probably for fax.
0: Oh, one for fax. Yes, this thing supported
1: yes, fax. Fax, that thing Amazing. that no one really does anymore. <laughs> and if you do... Probably for a good reason, yeah. or for legacy support. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, um,
0: but uh, yeah, that's our museum piece today. Uh, yes. It got dropped on the floor a few times, so I'm afraid it's... I don't think it works anymore. I haven't tried to plug it in. I've lost the power cord a long time oh, ago. I,
1: well, uh, do you have the infrastructure to play with it even? Yeah, probably. Talcom <laughs> is stripping all the copper and selling that now. That's huh? true. That's true. <laughs> so
0: you, might have, you might struggle to find a place where you could plug this in.
1: Maybe if you can make your own internal net, then you can possibly make that work. <laughs> exactly.
0: But um, wonderful piece of history, this. and um, yes. We're ah. going to bring in a bit of history uh, into in, in each episode in the season. I uh, hope you enjoy it. Um, here we yeah. go. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, we had a 190 megabyte max tour Hard drive drive. weighed half a ton. (laughs) It was probably connected to a mainframe at some point. (laughs) Um, Exciting stuff. Anyway, Windows, Microsoft, more modern. Uh, Well, actually not always more modern. There were versions of Windows older than this modem.
1: (laughs) Built on iterations. Yeah,
0: Did you you ever play around with the very old versions of Windows before Windows 3.1, 3.0, 2.1, 2.0,
1: 1.0? No, that's not something I've ever had the inkling to actually go into that old yeah. operating systems and use them and so forth. Yeah. And I've worked with DOS and so forth. DOS, when, yeah. When I had I think when? When was that and so forth? I think that's when I started. Windows
0: ninety five got rid of the command line. Yes. Kind of. The command line was still there, but uh
1: Yes, no no, because DOS is basically still I think old financial packages and so forth or systems and so forth. Word perfect and Yes, uh, all that type mm, of stuff mm. where it's like Systems that do one thing and one thing alone, and that's yeah. it. That's what DOS did. It's like your accounting package, and that was it. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember those days. I remember the DOS days. Uh, yes. um My yes. first PC didn't run
1: Windows, it ran DOS. Yeah, no, it was, well, it was basic. Mm. It, that's why it didn't, it did break, but it didn't break often because there wasn't much to break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the advantage of simplicity. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Is Indeed. Same as the old car. The Old cores are easy to fix. Are you too young
0: to remember apps like Edlin and uh, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's we where we we, we had to, where you would edit your config.sys file and your autoexec.bat file. Oh well, no,
1: that's that's before, before your that, time. Okay. Yeah, no, that's well no. We before we config. used to hack those those yeah, files course. because there was so
0: much so little RAM in these computers. You had to oh geez do we really want to load this process in autoexec.bat because yes, it's you know, going to take another 3k of ram
1: yes you know, that's when you actually have to <laughs> like buffer things properly and so mm. forth and run them properly in sequence that you can't muck it up and so forth yeah so i do watch all of those old like the youtube channels that do a lot of those old pcs and stuff like that from amiga and all those things where they restore it and so forth which i find interesting and yeah seeing how they restore the stuff and all the Complexity involved with mm. how they actually cheated the systems to add more memory and all mm. that jazz. I'm like, damn, that was some pretty ingenious engineering to figure stuff out with such hard limits that you had to like literally think out of the box to get some done, yeah. something done. So no, it was yeah, the resources were very limited in those days. Yes, no.
0: But uh, t- and today you can run Windows three, Windows two, all in a web browser and, oh, and it's, emulation. It's,
1: and Modern-day computers are so quickly now. <laughs> yeah. I think you can run Windows 95 in emulation. Yes, yeah. No, well, in the old days, the stuff would run so quickly. You uh, had to get a turbo button to slow it down. don't know how that works, but, nee. hey, yeah, turbo slowdown. Why was there a turbo button? <laughs> I mean,
0: it was always on. The turbo button was always on. and well, The computer was still
1: so slow. Yes, well, the turbo button this mainly there to actually do... You enable the turbo. From what I understand, the turbo buttons, they specifically slow the machine mm. down so that you can run legacy hardware on the newer hardware because mm. a lot of those things were linked to your clock cycle. Yeah. So if the clock cycle increased, it actually ex- executes quicker. Mm-hmm. So then you had to actually oh, lock was the, the actual clock speed down because everything was linked to the actual clock speed right. of
0: the PC. Which was very often in those very early days linked to the clock speed of the original IBM PC, which was, can you remember the megahertz?
1: I can't that. 4.7. Point point seven. Yeah, it's 4.77 seven megahertz. 4, and then yeah. I think it went down to, st- uh, well, up to 6 and so ten. forth. I so remember we had a we had a PC at home
0: with a turbo button. The turbo button took it from 4.77 seven to 10 megahertz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you could, the speed difference was noticeable.
1: Yes, yeah, so well, it's, it's everything's linked to clock speed. Same yeah. now. Uh, We're now in the, well, in the gigahertz. Mm. <laughs> and then also now we've got multiple well, cores and well, so just, we've got now more advanced tech where we actually have like pre and and ho- schedulers that can actually schedule tasks probably mm. that was like literally like running in a clock hence why yes. a clock cycle it run mm-hmm. at time at that point there we go and you had to m- get it at the same beat if you mm. missed a beat you had to flush everything restart the whole thing oh my word <laughs> <laughs> Anyway,
0: let's uh, let's let's get more modern. Let's yes. talk about Windows as it is today. Uh, a lot of people thought Windows 10 was going to be the final point release of Windows; that it was simply going to become Windows as a service, service or simply or something yeah. Windows uh, Windows 365, or simply just Windows. And then I think Microsoft surprised everybody last year when they announced they were going to release Windows 11. That kind of came out of the blue, didn't it?
1: Yes. Well, it's uh, it was a good push because it was basically, I think, the main thing came from. They had so much focus on corporate mm. because their main focus for Microsoft, and I still think largely is corporate, it's all government stuff. It's Office 365, that's their main focus. Yeah. And that was their focus before that. So they kind of abandoned Windows in some sort where they can just like, Windows is the thing that sold Office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the key thing. So we could sell it to companies and then that's you, need, you have Windows to use Office. And the main Office app that everyone uses is Outlook. Mm. So that's how you get there. So, I think Windows, because they also changed to OS, and I think there was no real push because it, w- Windows wasn't a money maker. Mm-hmm. So, if you have to look at a business point, how do you justify Windows when it doesn't really bring you money in mm-hmm. in that sense? So then, now that Apple started to push and push their own ecosystem, as Apple got more and more popular, I think that's probably when Windows started to realize, okay, we need to be careful now mm-hmm. because we can get a point because we sell Office on Apple. Mm. That's the only way you can cheat the system if you don't want to run, run Windows, is you can run Mac, and Mac has win, has an Office version of mm-hmm. it. So you can see, still see some corporate companies and government companies have gone and say we use Apple, and then that's how they use that. So if, because that now gives Apple the advantage of the store. Mm. So then iTunes, all those type of things, where they can make more money. So that's what you'll see now with Windows doing a big push with, Microsoft the operating system purely to push also their store mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so that they can get people to buy from the store and all that type of things so I think that's where that came from where somebody actually woke up and say if we leave this to Apple they're going to take it on a run mm. so that's where that comes from and I think windows Windows's big problem was the hardware was also not innovating quickly enough. Mm-hmm. Which Especially is why they dirty their own hardware, to, to try and p- force the industry forward, right? Yeah, well, Apple has that, where they completely just gave up. Microsoft isn't as much as a hardware company as as Apple, Apple. is, because mm-hmm. Apple's a way bigger hardware manufacturer than of course, Apple, yeah. Yeah. As Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft's yeah. big hardware is, yes, they've got like the Slate and all those things, but they're much smaller projects. The only real big project they have is Xbox, mm-hmm. is their big we make multiple millions units that mm. we need to mass produce and so forth, and push and deliver and execute and all those type of things. So I think they, I wouldn't be surprised if they learned in there as well a lot of their how they can optimize hardware and so forth. Because again, office well no not office, um, Xbox with the actual focus of that is still running a Windows kernel mm-hmm. that's very stripped out. Mm-hmm. So it's stripped out of all the unnecessary bits and so forth. That's why you can't just. Install a Windows application into Xbox and it works Mm -hmm. That doesn't work for them like that So that's where that came in so, so, so uh, m- has Microsoft got Mac envy? Because I, I often feel that, that
0: there is some of the, uh, some some element of that going on. I mean, why why would they launch their own hardware? Why would they try and compete in that? I mean, m- Microsoft has always had a very different focus to Apple. Apple has been an integrated walled garden in which you buy a yes. piece of hardware that's tightly married to the software, and it's worked incredibly well for Apple, but it has left them with maybe 10% market share, whereas m- Microsoft owns 90%. 80, 90 percent of yes. the market with Windows, uh, and um, and it's worked very well for them. Working this, this model of partners like Dell and Lenovo and yes. HP et cetera et cetera, uh, it's 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 allowed them to dominate the PC market. But here they are building their own hard, hardware now. Um, they say it's kind of to give the rest of the industry ideas about what we, what you can do with the PC. Yeah. Uh, but is it? Is it not just a case of Microsoft seeing what Apple's doing and saying, "Oh, if we really like that. Uh, actually,
1: we'd like to copy their model, but we can't really do it." it dif- it's a difficult one to say for Microsoft. That's that's what where Microsoft needs to actually come out and say, "Are they going to be dedicated into hardware?" Because mm. a lot of times. Microsoft does great things in hardware, but then it's only them that do it and they don't really internally push it. Mm-hmm. They fall into that same pit that Google does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where they make a product and then they just, just it becomes abandoned. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. So Apple's the, the reason why Apple has a focus for that is because their operating system is linked to their hardware. <laughs> so that comes from jobs that originally his original idea is that let's cut straight to the metal. Mm. That's their main focus is. Our operating system is tuned for our hardware. Microsoft went to the root, especially due to Bill Gates, because in those early days, it would be much more difficult for Microsoft to come into those days to try and compete with Dell, HP, and IBM in those days and compete with them. Mm -hmm. They they would be killed immediately. Now it's much easier due to now, with China having more manufacturing, there's more competition there. It's easier now for you as a vendor to go to, Ex Chinese company and ask them, We would like to make a laptop chassis and so forth. The, again, you get hmm. now companies dedicated to make laptops for third That's why you see more third party laptops companies coming
0: out. So now. it's, it's becoming easier for Microsoft. Do you think they regret that early approach? Do you think that they, they would actually, do you think Gates and, and Ballmer after him would have actually preferred no, to have at, followed the Apple model?
1: No, I think what their the essential idea was they would want the OEM markets to be better at innovation. Because Microsoft was mainly saying, we are a software company. That is our thing. Yes. So we do software. Yeah. You do hardware. You do hardware well. So instead of trying to be this massive giant that's trying to do mm. everything at the same time, because generally what happens with companies that get too big is they t- start to f- fall into that. You can say Intel and IBM fell into that problem. Intel's probably now getting into its late terms for that, where it's now – Well, normally I I explain it's like babylon tower syndrome that happens. Mm -hmm. Where you've got so many different people working in your company and so many different divisions that some parts of your company speak a completely different language than the other one. (laughs) And then that's how then miscommunication Mm -hmm. happens and all those things. Where if you can try and focus the company down to one thing and do one thing good, there you go. Now with Apple... The advantage, because they're now being so affluent and have a lot of money behind them, they can do that, and they've been managing that properly mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. they have the proper right people in place to manage it. Mm-hmm. Not to say they've been always good at m- m- hardware, because you can see sometimes with hardware failures and the keyboard mockups ups they've made and all that the type butterf- of stuff. butterfly keyboard particularly. Yes, yes, so they have made amateur mistakes mm-hmm. compared to other brands. Yeah. If you go look HP and Dell, HP Envy, not as if they don't make stuff that's go faulty, mm. but compared to like the embarrassing things that Apple have done, yeah. it seems that Apple's not always as good at the hardware compared to other companies. Yeah, yeah. So that's, you can still see Apple's still more focused to be a software company. Mm. So I think in the early days with Bill Gates, his focus was there. I think if Bill Gates was in charge, Later on, and he stayed on later on and so forth, I think he would have done a bigger push and used Microsoft money to get a dedicated team for hardware. Yeah. Because that's what they did with, that was their main field with Sony. when mm-hmm. I mean, Sony did the PlayStation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would tell people, normally what you can do is, um, I think Xbox has their own documentary about Xbox, which is very informative in terms of where Xbox ca- came from. And I think it would be beneficial for Microsoft to actually start doing that, Take the philosophy that they've learned with Xbox and actually do that with other hardware as well, mm. because they do have a good hardware team there. They can do that. I would, if I was now kind of being in a position of power there, I would say, learn from those divisions and actually get that division to more bleed out into other segments and mm. say, "Sweet, take these guys that know how to make consoles and all those things, mm. move that into more areas, make more different <laughs> versions of." Windows.
0: The, w- the one thing that has surprised me now that you that you mentioned that, is that you know is that they've, they've developed... They've, they've, some of that Surface hardware is really nice. Um, the, the, yes. the, the Surface books, the, that, that all-in-one machine that they built the yes, was no, beautiful. But one, one thing that surprises me, especially given their legacy in, in the gaming space through Xbox is they haven't launched a PC gaming hardware brand.
1: I think the, the main problem there is I think they might get into that but the problem is there is you want an... Xbox has you've got the Xbox brand already, so they can either expand on that, which I would recommend. Yeah, sure. That's what I would push and say: make an Xbox that runs more Windows. Xbox PC. My problem is now when they get to that point, I think a lot of the OEM vendors are going to get a bit irated with them, right? Because they're going to say, "Now you're coming into our market, into our lucrative high end market." Now the problem is, Microsoft Hmm. already has the government looking at them. Because again, even Bill Gates and all those things, they're going to look at them much more frowning upon them than mm. actual Apple. Apple owns their own ecosystem. Mm. So they don't see Apple's normally with regulators and so forth. They don't see Apple. Apple has this advantage where people see them as a different company. Yeah. And which is a bit unfair because if Microsoft tried to do what Apple's doing, mm. they would be actually like scathed and. Like, people will rive against that. Mm-hmm. But if Apple does it, it's fine. Mm. So there's this double standard between the two companies. So that's why Microsoft needs to walk that line very carefully yeah. because they don't have that same liberty as Apple where they can just do that. Because if they do that, then they all can just say, okay, sweet, we'll start using Linux. Mm. Screw you. And then uh, Microsoft... But w-
0: will they do that, though? I mean, p- users are so used to Windows. Uh, Linux could be a big uh, shift. Yes, for them.
1: but now that would be...
0: But it could it that could would annoy push me. that mm. would
1: push the OEMs to say, sweet, we've seen now that's the advantage we've now seen Valve. Yeah. They've pushed their own operating system. Not impossible. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that if Steam can do it, doesn't mean that HP and Dell and Lenovo can't say, Hey, let's team up and let's make our own mm. operating system because Windows is going kinda of squeeze us out. Mm. So they have to make a way to survive. So Microsoft needs to walk a very fine line between that. Because mm-hmm. if they push them too hard, then they're gonna go just Go away. That's the reason why Microsoft is so peripheral with everything. Yeah. It's because Microsoft isn't, they're not changing or trying to change the rules that are in place mm. already. So, do you think they're not, they deliberately
0: don't have their foot on the gas as hard as they could yeah. with the surface lineup? They could be doing more, they could have yes. bigger market share, but they deliberately are avoiding annoying their OEM partners. Yes.
1: No, they just, you can clearly see this mm. from which they, and again, I, I can understand, I can sympathize with it, mm. but I would want them. Intel also does this, where they make their own laptops and so forth, mm. purely as a like this is what you can do, mm. which is, and it exciting. has helped it has helped drive the market yes, forward because well, if
0: you look at I mean you, this is a this is a, a, a turns into a tablet, doesn't it? This yes, machine you're using it's right? It's a now.
1: 360.
0: That's something that Microsoft really pushed originally yes. with with, uh, and th- a lot of that integration had to happen uh, at the software at the Windows yep. level. And if they didn't have their own hardware, perhaps they wouldn't have been yes. incentivized so to I, do it.
1: I would suggest there's there's more. I I would hope more than the companies need to actually really start talking more with one another. There Mm -hmm. is a problem with that because each company becomes, you can see they've got their own, like, we want to do it this way. That Mm, company wants us, again, advantage to Apple. They don't have that internal struggle. They just do it. If the head guy says this happens, it happens. That's it. Mm. So is the difference between democratized PC industry Mm. or the normal now (laughs) dictatorship of Mac (laughs) where there is the one way and there is the only way. So that's the difference. So that's why PC industry has a bit of a weirder trends with that because it's democratized in that yeah. sense. Microsoft has a
0: kind of walking a fine line here, isn't it? Yeah, they have to. We don't want to avoid that. We don't want to pee off our uh, our OEM partners too yes. much, but we also kind of like what Apple's able to do to start yes. integration between hardware and software.
1: Software, yeah. So mm. that's why you'll see now with now as we now come with Windows 11, and what why Windows 11 was now so important and a big step is why Intel's it exists at all. Well, Windows 11 main thing is I think there's two main reasons why that happened. First of all, hardware acceleration that's coming in. Hardware acceleration is more and more important now, and you need newer operating systems to mm. take advantage of. Apple does this as well. That's why Apple laptops feel so quickly, and, and that's why they and get old so
0: quickly. There was a lot of controversy around Microsoft doing that with Windows 11 because you yes. had to meet certain security requirements before you could Security and processing. Which I think they've they now dropped, by the
1: way. No, I don't think they're still going for that. Partially because, dropped. Well... As far as I go, Intel and AMD said straight for Windows 11, the only things that m- both of those companies mm. support, because both of those, Microsoft actually went and spoke to AMD and Intel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a, just a Windows, we force this upon you. They actually went to all the hardware vendors and saying, we need to get to a point where we can't expect HP and Dell to keep on supporting a laptop that's 15 years old. Mm. That is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And it, it's fair. I know a lot of people it's like it sucks, because again, you look at two ways. Do you want to buy a product and keep it forever or do you want to change a product every three years? Most of the companies prefer you change it every two, every three years. Of course they do. Yes. That's why Dell and HP, all of their warranties is three years. Yeah. Apple says... Apple does the same. Apple, Apple. Apple if you don't buy the Apple Care, it's one year. Yeah. They want to, you would, They want you to buy every year a new phone. That's why they launch a mm. new phone every year because they want you to buy everything mm. one year. That's why they make so much money It's because people buy the they break, they buckle into that train and they mm. buy it every once a year, yeah. which is bad. But... That's It worked for Apple. So, But with their, their latest OS,
0: which is coming out in September or October of this year, they're killing off uh, support for uh, yes. machines that are actually
1: quite recent. Yeah, So, that, but that has to happen, especially mm. with Apple once they have their own silicon as yeah. well. They're yeah. going to learn that it's going to be more difficult. They're killing off those Intel machines very rapidly. Yeah, mm. because again, it's like you've got your dev team. You only have so many people that you can employ to do that, and you only have so many masters that can do programming languages mm. and all that hardware-level type stuff. And acceleration is the main key point. Yeah. So I think Windows went to AMD and Intel and asked them, okay, you're the guys that control the PC industry for CPUs. So what do you want to do? So I think AMD said Zen 2 and up. Intel said eighth gen and up. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some other reasons why Intel would have gone that route because Intel had big security problems with their chips, which are built in. So does AMD as well with Spectre and Meltdown and all those Mm. type of things, which are... Literal hardware vulnerabilities. Were those they, fixed from Gen 8 onwards? Yeah. Some of it. Some of so it. So some there is way less problems mm-hmm. with HNLAP. Okay. So the other ones before that have big security problems. Force, and then yeah. when you enable those security protections through software, mm. by my performance. 20 30% mm. performance loss. I know my server guys weeped because some of them literally overnight lost 30% of your performance in server. So you've had got a data center and you lost 30% overnight. Literally some companies in panic bought more Intel chips mm. because now all of a sudden you've lost 30% of your performance and you have to make it up now for all your customers that's now demands going up mm. Now you have to buy even more CPUs to keep up with that upward trend. So you can see that when you, if you look at the Intel financials and so forth when those years came in when that vulnerability mm. kicked in you could see the data center actually spiking in profits because all of a sudden these guys profited buying. from their own mess. Now the problem is now now, Intel is in that position where mm. legally there might be some issues later on. So that's why there's a good good way for now to out to that and say, okay, Windows 11, no more support for the old chips. Great. Mm. Now we don't have to officially support it. So if you get hacked or something like that and you're not using something that's supported, oh, mm-hmm. you can't sue us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a good out. And it's also an advantage for, Intel, for AMD and Intel because now they can say, sweet developers, you're making a game, you're making this you can guarantee you have AVX, AVX2 is now the standard now. Yeah, yeah. So, whereas previously, AVX2 isn't the standard because you can have old chips that don't, they have AVX1 or don't even have AVX2. So a lot of the game developers are kind of nerfed by that because they now have to now literally compile the game in a different standard so that they can develop for most of the people that's on that platform. So that's, it's a good thing for sometimes to, same as in nature where you burn everything Mm. and regrow everything. This is the burn moment.
0: Now, now talk, talk to me about this other rec- security chip requirement that Windows 11 introduced for something called, I think, the Trusted Computing TPM. M- Module. TPM. Yeah. Uh, TPM. TCM. Yeah. No, TPM. TPM. What is does it stand for? Trusted? Platform Manager. I Trusted think. Platform Manager or Module. Module. Like yeah, it's Module. Module. It's Module. Yeah, module. Go, um, and that required version 1.2 or 2.0? Yes. I forget well, the uh, detail. It's
1: basically 1.2 and so forth. Uh, Normally, higher. I tell people... What, I- what is this thing? The, the TPM Module thing is a... For especially for BitLocker, right. for security encryption and so forth the encryption key is actually holding on the actual. So that's security the thing charge. that encrypts your hard drive. Not necessarily. That's the thing that has the key. Oh, that has the key that does so, the job. Yeah. Okay. So if you let's say you enable BitLocker on your machine, and I take your hard drive or SSD out of your machine, I plug it in the machine, it's going to tell me, "Yeah, what's your BitLocker code?" Okay. One massive code that you need to put in, and then you have to put the password in, and then you can get access. And this it. needs
0: that module to work
1: ideally for the perfect security you need that module you okay. can there's other ways you can enable it but that's all software stuff that can be broken mm-hmm. you can literally brute force those things this you can technically still brute force but you Simple will tools. need be worth a lot of money this is right. like government level like NSA could, stuff. W- we are spending a couple of hundred million dollars to try and get into your machine because yeah. the hardware requirements are stupid to get and it's still going to take you three years to hack it so is this a good thing or a bad thing about microsoft to enforce this requirement well I think it's a main enforcement due to, because Microsoft has such, a, has such a big impact in business. Right. It's very important for business, especially now especially now with Poppy Acts and all those type mm-hmm, of things, mm-hmm. it's now a requirement for companies to actually enable bitlocking onto their machines. Okay. So I tell people now, whether it's European Union, our South African Poppy Act also states that if you're keeping customers' information on your device, that it needs to be bitlocked. Mm-hmm. It needs to be secure. Mm-hmm. So if somebody steals that thing, they have to put a password in there. Mm-hmm. Because... Even now, I tell people, for Windows 7 and before that, my IT guys, they could hack it. Even if you've got a Microsoft password and anything, they could mm. hack it. Mm. It's very easy to get Like, You give it to him 15 minutes later, it's just open. Plug it
0: into another computer and copy it off.
1: No, it's not even copy it off. Mm. You could literally just hack your operator. You mm. can just bypass the password. Okay. That's how easy it is. It was for my guys. So we had customers come in and say, like, oh, then bring it in a second, like, and then the customer has like a really long password or something like that. Jeremy (laughs) just hacks the thing, gets past it, okay, put the password back. So how did you get in my machine? It's like, we just cracked it and hacked through it. So that's how easy it was with Windows 7 to get in your machine. Windows 10 is still fairly easy if you just have a password. Once you actually have a Microsoft account, Mm -hmm. then you're screwed. I thought people, was like, I presume there is ways around it and so forth, but that's way more advanced and so forth. So the the amount of difficulty that goes up, again, you will never make it impossible. Mm. You just need to increase the difficulty. And the amount of money required to do that job—that's
0: mm. where Microsoft. But if is you've in. got a TPM module TPM with BitLocker enabled, it, you have to be an NSA hacker to get into it. Basically, yes. No, the amount of difficulty then
1: has gone up through the roof. Right. So I tell people that it's good thing. So the TPM thing was a bit of a debacle because a lot of customers went out to say, "Oh, we need to buy TPM modules." So I'm like, <laughs> relax. With eighth generation up, the TPM module is, is built into the actual. Intel chip. It's just not necessarily switched on. Yes, hmm. because that was not mandated. Right. It is now mandated now with the latest BIOS updates and also from Asus, Gigabyte, MSI, Ace, yeah. whichever brand and so forth. For laptops, it's been enabled for a long time already. Mm-hmm. It's been enabled since Windows 10. So in, in most cases,
0: all you need to do is was install the latest firmware for your motherboard and it would, would if, assuming you had the, yeah. the module so, in there.
1: So, so with, uh, with most of the brands, it was, Intel is probably the more difficult one because Intel has a different name their TPM, so AMD at least oh calls yeah. there's a TPM, yeah, uh, FTPM, so firmware based TPM, right? Intel calls this PPT. So now I can understand why it is because it's their own implementation of TPM, right? So technically, and, and again, customers. that comes from the legacy stuff because hmm. Intel's been doing this for decades now, yeah, so yeah. it's not the first time they've done the security chip and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just more advancements in those security fields, and again, it's It's a a happy accident, can we say, that Windows 11 is mainly there purely to move the whole industry onto new hardware so that, especially for software developers, so they can say, sweet, here's the new board line. Mm -hmm. We can now actually make stuff standard with AVX2 with the newer SSE encoding and so forth. So instead of trying to support that massive, because you can get to a point where, especially with the software developers, when they look at, that's my biggest problem with black. NVIDIA with the 1060 series. Mm-hmm. Most of the developers try and code for the 1060, but it's fundamentally crap hardware. That's why DirectX 12 took so long to implement because the 10 series cards sucked with DirectX 12. like in terrible. Mm-hmm. So that then means that the software sucks as well because now the hardware doesn't really work with the software. Mm-hmm. So you see how that now knock-on effect gets in.
0: So this really is an attempt by Microsoft to drag the whole industry forward, modernizing. It is, it is, it is
1: a, a proper burn and regrowth Which was needed. Which is needed. Mm -hmm. At some point, we need to say, it's done. Let go of the legacy. It is now, it is time to, it's time for it to die. Yeah. Everything now needs to die at some point. Yeah. And that's now, for legacy stuff, it's now, and again, it's only 2025. So Mm -hmm. it's not as if it's like now. Yeah. It's still a couple of years away before it happens.
0: And if you have happen to have older hardware and you're a consumer, not a business, a business probably wouldn't want to do this. But if you if you've got some older hardware that you really want to run
1: Windows 11 on, you can get around the. You restrictions. can and so forth. But I thought people was like, really, what if you've got that old hardware? What is Windows 11 doing? What Windows 10 can't? Do? Nothing. That's now the main problem. Yeah. So. It's only really the new hardware that actually benefits well, from Windows 11.
0: It's now. got some DirectX improvements. Well,
1: the problem is if you've got that old hardware, the probably p- it probably doesn't, running doesn't running. even support that stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> you, you see now, that's <laughs> the, the chicken egg. And yep. the, if your hardware is that old, I tell people, it, at some point your hardware gets so old where you can buy the new i3 and mm. the new i3 will be, be qu- way quicker than the old i7. Yeah. So yeah. at what point do you say, okay, Thumbtouch, I can build a yeah. machine, even my office, yeah. decent Office gaming or office machines, professional office machines are like nine thousand randy, including Windows. Yeah. So if you've got legacy hardware and so forth, how much is going to cost in power to run? Yeah. Uh, even now, my server guys I've spoken to them, so they're busy killing off anything that's on Intel forty nine meter mm. because literally running it for a year costs more power than buying new. <laughs> that's hilarious. Especially for European countries where the electricity cost is now skyrocketing. This country them. too. So I tell people it's like. Now you can see it's like if you take that machine that uses ninety watts or something like yeah. that the whole time. A modern day machine might might only use ten watts. Yeah. Over a year, and if you've got it on for twenty four hours, literally in a couple of months, you can literally buy the new hardware for yeah. cheaper and saving the electricity bill. Yeah. And good the point. heating bill and all those things. And if you do insist on running the old hardware, Windows ten is still supported and it's actually a good OS. Yes, Windows ten is still there. It's still yeah. there till twenty twenty five. So yeah. I tell people it's not as if it's like an urgent thing. So mm. I think I think a lot of people went for clickbait and just like, oh, clicky mm. bait, clicky bait. And then a lot of people went just mm. for people like being angry at the internet. That's just a fact. <laughs> people like throwing s- stuff around and all that jazz. So, yeah. That's, we'll just need to accept controversy that. for the f- sake of controversy at yeah, the it's end of the day. We, I think Windows's big failure there was communication. They did screw that up magnificently. So, it's one the of those things time. where it's like, <laughs> yo, guys, you should have learned from your previous mistakes and say, If you communicate with something, and most businesses still struggle with this, and Mm. I presume that struggle comes from most of the guys that are there are probably engineers or guys that are not social aware. Mm. And you get onto that trap where you know how it works, but explaining it to someone else might be very difficult. Mm. And then you have the inbuilt assumptions that you don't think about. Mm. That's where some advantages to lawyers, to get sometimes lawyers in, is to actually get stuff in layman's terms. Mm sit through with them and actually think it through. The funny thing is Microsoft does employ a number of technical marketing people. people but the problem is sometimes mm. them talking to the actual specialist mm-hmm. is sometimes a like discomfort, disjointment there. Yeah. Where they, the technical guys can't explain it properly. That's why yeah, they need more. That's why you need people like, like Lisa Sue and forth. You need someone that's, that's very proficient in mm. that skill but they're also proficient in the social skills as yeah. well. yeah. And so that's, a, that's a rare skill, actually. That is, especially in the tech industry, yeah. very rare. Mm. That's why they get in high positions very quickly. Mm. Steve Jobs, all of those guys might not be the best engineers or something like that, but they're the best compromise between the two. Yeah, Where they can say, I know enough about the hardware to actually understand fundamentally how it works, and but I've got enough experience that, yeah. of seeing how it is and they know what people employ. So yeah. that has made Windows 11's biggest problem mm. was it's, Debut marketing was just done completely wrong. Yeah, you're and right. Fold. So let, let's
0: let's talk a bit about Windows 11 itself, and let, let's let's start with the interface because it it was a bit controversial. They uh they defaulted to this centered. Task, uh, I've forgotten what they call this thing. It's not a dock, it's the task tray, task bar. Task manager. Ah, not no. task manager,
1: the task bar. Task
0: Toast. bar. Um, they sent it the apps. Now that was clearly copying the Mac. Um, they don't have the, the, the fancy animation well, when you move your mouse over it. Actually, funny
1: enough, the, the middle thing is mm. mainly for bigger screens. Mm-hmm. So when you're running bigger screens, it's actually easier to get to the. Because the thing is, it's like, it's one of those things where they've done research and so forth. If you've got a big screen yeah. to get to the task, if you need to go to the far left-hand corner, mm. it takes much longer than just going right down. Ideally, what they want, Microsoft wants people to do is, depending on your mouse, they don't want you to actually use that anymore. They want you to use the Windows key. Yep. This is one area where I would also prefer Microsoft to push more education in how to use your operating system shortcuts. more efficiently. Not necessarily shortcuts, but just, did you know that in Windows you can do these things? Because a lot of people don't know that, that no. you can just... Click on the Windows button. If you want control panel, you can just type in control panel and yeah. present it. You don't to go look for it. Windows 7, a lot of people are like, especially when Windows 10 came out, a lot of customers came, or even Windows 8, I would say. Mm. A lot of people are to saying, oh no, it's for touch and it's for this. And I'm like, but Have you even tried to actually just see how they thought you should use mm. it? Now there is a w- two ways you can look at it. You can look at it arrogantly saying, you shouldn't force people to use it on that way. So that's that makes it very difficult.
0: So Gerard, while we while we talking about the the new interface on Windows yes. 11, I want to talk as well. It's a little bit controversial, is how they've changed the Start menu. Uh, I actually think it looks a bit like a Linux, uh,
1: more of a Linux sort of environment. Linux no. Mac, you can say it's from many from the Mac and so forth, where they got that from. Because the main reason for the the taskbar being now in the centered Mac manner is. Mainly for big screens mm-hmm. and for tablets and so forth, mm-hmm. having it centered, so it's easier to get there from your mouse. it makes the sense down. because
0: people are using much bigger monitors today than they were when. When when, when did the stop? When did they introduce the stop button? It was in Windows ninety five. Yeah, Windows ninety five was the original thirty. Start well, think 30 years you ago. can
1: say before that, because even Mac hold had old ways where you can top top left hand corner where you can the click and then there you go. So that that conceptual menu was like that. Yeah, the thing is, I think we're moving away from that conceptual menus and so forth Mm. systems because everything is more because more especially the younger generations are getting used to more used to phones Mm. where everything is a touch you press the start button is the same as your home button on your phone Mm. you open that and it brings up a block and you choose your thing for quick access so you can see all these companies are doing the same thing because the younger generation is used to that they're not used to the old generation where windows 7 click start click programs, add feature, or something like that. You have to go <laughs> click, 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 click. Million clicks to get to something where now with Windows, ideally, you just press the Windows button, you yeah. type in the thing that you're looking for and you press enter. There you go. Yeah. Some people are not used to that type of stuff still, especially my old customers are like, oh, I didn't even think you could do that. Yeah. So uh, that's it's, where that comes in.
0: Yeah, and they put all the icons at the bottom in pop up. You can obviously s- switch those around, put your own icons, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Uh, I, I see exactly what you're saying. It's, it's more like a phone type of interface. Yes. Um, one thing I wish they would actually allow you to do, and they don't, in Windows 11, I even wished it was there in Windows 10, was the option to remove the start button, the Windows button. You don't need it. I don't use it at all. When yeah, I'm using uh, a it's, machine. you can
1: not just hide the taskbar. Um, I think the start. But I, I
0: use the taskbar because I, I keep all my apps um, in so the taskbar. So
1: I think the taskbar is mainly there for administrative mm-hmm. reasons. So you mean when Windows, I, ad- you mean, the Windows button is there for yes. Uh, so because words. you can right click on right-click it and, and mm. right click and then you get the contextual for if you want to now go in for Task Manager, oh, system devices
0: do shortcut on the keyboard to bring up those. Yes, options.
1: but it's also now if you do remote support. Then it's a bit more difficult. True. You see, so I think it's there purely for system integration. Again, no, I think they it's self- also there
0: because users know to click on yes. start.
1: Now, mm. uh, you still do that. Mm. You can say, you can argue, you can disable it or something or hide it. Again, say, I wish as you could. Icons. I wish you could, but you can't. So I think mm. that's maybe something that if enough people moan about, they can probably change it. But I think there's no real push to get it off because it's like, ah, it's there, it's there. You can hide the taskbar if you mm. don't like seeing it all the time. Mm. So it's one of those, meh, nah, yeah. it depends on the person. I,
0: I'm probably a minority uh, audience here who wants to get rid of the start thing. Uh, exactly.
1: You, uh, again, you, at priority of Microsoft, removing start button is it's right probably very, very <laughs> low on the list there. There's more important things to fix than the start button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So when this episode of the podcast comes out, so there's going to be a major update. Uh, yeah. Probably uh, have, have already been released. I think it's scheduled for the sep- September the twentieth, yes. and this podcast is probably going to come out some point after September the twentieth. And that's the two a twenty two H two. They really yeah. need to come up with better naming for this. Well, things. it is.
1: It's very engineering. I, I prefer that because even our technical staff prefer it. Because then we can always just go Windows Ver, and then you can see what version is twenty one H one. Okay, yeah. we can see how outdated this is
0: to me. Immediately. The market is clearly definitely didn't get involved in this naming uh. no but again
1: it's <laughs> most people don't need to worry about that. No this is more for administrators, people that need to IT systems and so forth. So for them it's easy. We can literally look at a grants and say, Okay, this customer is very out of date mm. installed in the operating system because maybe that's the reason why the thing broke or something mm. like that. Mm. We do that a lot with our customers. When people bring machines into it, we will actually inform them saying your machine is out of date mm-hmm. because the way that Microsoft now schedules their updates is much fre- more frequently now. Yeah. Yeah. Where they try and say tell you you need to update within X amount of quarters. And then a lot of customers then if you hold all those updates and then it does all those updates at the same time, mm. that tends to break something in mm-hmm. the windows. So generally when people bring stuff to our for our shop to fix, we t- generally tell people we just that's the first thing we do is update the Windows to the latest version mm-hmm. so that we can prevent stuff. Prevention is always better than cure. We not. <laughs> it's easy to just leave it. The thing breaks, and the customer needs to bring it back to me. Now we have to fix it again. <laughs> I,
0: ha- I have to ask this question. And you deal with a lot of end users. Why are end users so reluctant to update their <laughs> software? I've seen it. I've seen. I've seen people, non-technical users, running Windows, and I've watched this. Yes. A message pops up in the bottom right, and it says there are updates to install for your operating system. And the user goes, "Go away, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> close." But they never install yeah. the software.
1: Yeah. No, that, that is a big problem. I think there should be better ways to manage that. I think. Yeah. My Force really, it. Uh, you can't say force it, but then a lot of people hate when you try and force something on them. Yeah, this is now also a big problem with the current generation. It's they don't like being told when to do what. <laughs> that is a big problem but because it's this massive security flaw, and it's opening up yes. their computers to risk. But yes. they don't want to update. Yeah, that that the inconvenience is too great. That's the problem. And again, it might be a minor inconvenience. So I would prefer Windows having a better way to actually inform and educate yeah. customers and saying. Making it also a bit, also a bit easier yeah where it's when you do that 's why with Windows eleven also changes the way it does updates mm-hmm. when with Windows ten when we first the back end is starting to be more modular mm. so now Windows eleven that takes that even further, makes it even more modular so now when they do do an update they don't need to update the whole system because mm. the same is this is very similar to how video games are updated, especially with the consoles when you have a game update and it might be a hundred megs. Mm. You have to download the whole stupid infrastructure for to, to apply that app mm-hmm. So you, Just to do a hundred megs, you have to download a gig or two gigs. It depends on the program and mm. so forth, mm. which is also data intensive because, mm. again, Microsoft pays for the data going out. Mm-hmm. Not as if it's free. So, imagine the amount of cost they cost saving they can do if they can cut the updates that they need to be pushed. Mm. So, again, you remember from their point of view as well, <laughs> that costs money. So, now with Windows 11, now that they've gone to the cluster, it will make updates much quicker. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. It's like If you use Windows updates and you've done the Windows updates, they're way quicker than Windows 10. Like, shockingly quick. Mm-hmm. And especially if you've got newer hardware that's better at doing it and so forth, it's literally... The main problem still, I think, is reboots and so forth because people are so afraid that they've got so many bookmarks and so forth open in Chrome <laughs> and, and, or in Edge or something like that, so they're going to lose that and so forth. So if they can... M- have better education saying no it can close don't worry it won't mm. lose all your stuff and so forth so i think it's more irritation than anything else yeah, I- the inconvenience yeah. people don't like being inconvenienced yeah. anymore they yeah. get very irated and very angry very quickly yeah. especially now COVID also made that ang that act like, you you're, prob- you're, you're probably like me though uh, every every couple of days i go into witness update check for yes. updates. yeah no i do that <laughs> normally I tell people it's i would prefer microsoft having a bigger thing saying okay guys From now on, we're going to do all major updates every Tuesday, which they are doing. That's that's now, that's what's called That's Tuesday. Mm. For us, it's more like Wednesday and so forth, depending (laughs) on time zones and all that type of jazz. But I would prefer them to having a more hardcore schedule saying, okay, this is the schedule. We're going to have two days that we're going to do updates that makes it more easier for system administrators. Because, again, most of our complaints for this also comes from normal end users. Because normally most of the updates, especially for the big manufacturers, or not, let's say the big companies, Mm. let's say Coca-Cola and all those guys, they have administrators that do the updates for you. Mm -hmm. That then lock your machine, it does updates whether you'll say so or not. So there you you don't really get that argument. It's mainly the argument from gamers and more casual users that use Windows that complain about that, which I would prefer them to have a better execution in terms of telling people, this is when the update is coming, or actually pop up and saying, there's an update coming, Please note, schedule a time where you can restart your machine for that update. Mm. So that's why you see that thing where Windows says, just leave the machine on as well. Again, because most machines are going to SSDs as well, we don't really need to shut stuff down anymore. Shutting down really doesn't do anything anymore, actually. Restart does something. Shutdown is basically the same. It's a glorified sleep. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's just more inefficient though because now it needs to wake all the process and give them power and all that jazz so good point that's, that's, there needs to be better education on that to say shutdown isn't as important mm. anymore because a lot of people still come in and I tell them so you've got an SED you can just close the lid now Yeah. oh but shouldn't shut it down it's like, no there's no, no, there's no moving parts anymore. Mm. You can just shut it down, put them on your back, and there you go. Yeah. In the old days, you had to shut it down, wait for the hard drive to shut it down before you because you before don't you want to throw to a it. laptop yeah. <laughs> in there while the disk is spinning, and then conk. <laughs> there goes the disk. Goodbye. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, so the the there should be better information around Absolutely. that and education around yeah. that thing. So. For Windows.
0: But let's, let's talk about twenty two H two. Um it's yeah. it'll probably have just been released when when this when this episode goes out. But uh, what what are we what are we expecting? It's quite a big update, you say?
1: Yeah, it is a big update because there's a lot of backing stuff that they're changing again. Um the main features that most of our clients will probably use to is like Task Manager will have a black mode, which is nice for more IT guys like us and so forth. They'll now be implementing auto uh, auto HDR will have a better implementation. In my opinion, that's so far The best implementation is HDR. Mm -hmm. Windows 11 HDR is way better than Windows 10. Mm -hmm. Mac, you can't even compare the two. So that's also quite nice, especially for gaming and so forth, where you can enable the auto HDR if your car and your screen supports HDR. So that's. that's So you don't have to switch
0: HDR on explicitly or. Well, you can leave it it on, but it's
1: also they now have a hotkey for HDR, which is Control Windows B. Nice. So you can just toggle it immediately and you can switch oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't
0: know that. It's con- it's what is it? Control? Uh, Control Alt B, I think. Control Alt B. Okay. I don't think
1: this laptop supports it and so forth. Mm-hmm. Or is it. Con- uh,
0: that's okay. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll, go- ah, I'll go. It's Windows Alt B. Windows Alt B. Yeah.
1: Windows Alt B is the hard okay. key for that. And you can also enable, you can also go through that through the game bar as well, which is Windows G. Yeah. There you can also now have. That's also a feature that a lot of people don't know about. That the I had cut up to some. Mm customers complain about. It's like, I want to change my audio device quicker. Windows G, it's right there. You can Mm -hmm. just change it right there and you can see what output device you want to use. Very nice. So I thought people, was like, and again, it's education. I had to learn, figure this out by myself. Microsoft didn't teach me this Mm. and that's the big problem Microsoft is they need to actually they're starting to do this with office hmm. so i'll give them kudos for that they yeah. started to learn that with office having training tutorial proper it's tutorial like tool videos tips
0: they need to bring up in the operating system when you do a fresh install yes. or you become a new user on operating system they should have these little things did you know this the does this and this
1: does this most people don't th- inconvenience oh, get so out of wait, my way i'm trying wait. to do something else exactly yes. <laughs> the inconvenience so the problem is they should be i don't know how they need to spend money on this to research and see what what way can they do this to mm. actually educate people properly mm. how to use your PC more efficiently and mm. so forth. So, that, that's what it comes down to so, so some nice changes coming in to h yeah 22H mm. 22H2 uh, so it's mainly back-end stuff that's changing there's a lot of more compatibility stuff that's fixing as well for all the software and so forth that's coming in there's the auto HDR the implementations that are getting better there's new um, I think they're going to have better integration with like teams and all those type of things as well mm-hmm. for corporate type of stuff as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. So it's generally it's generally looked upon as it's the service pack one for Windows 11.
0: So Windows when So what you're saying is Windows 11 is now ready for use. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. why I
1: tell people it's like. Oft, normally, when an operating system with Windows comes out, you wait a year, wait for service pack one to come out, then you know most mm. of the problems have been fixed because it's been out, mm. mass, it's been in mass production. <laughs> All the people have played with it, seen the bugs, fixed the bugs, mm. and there you go. So yeah. Then it's much. And I presume most corporates will also then swing. Swing across, swing yeah. across now mm. with especially with 12 gen and all those things. Yeah, which you again, I recommend strongly if you've got Intel 12 gen, Windows 11 is a lot better than mm. Windows 10 mm-hmm. on running the e cores and the p cores and so forth, and that adds to yeah. the previous conversation we had about hardware.
0: Now, no, what's really interesting is is we, we were expecting Windows. T- well, there was some talk that Windows 10 might be the last iteration of Windows, yeah. and then it just became, an you know, a service delivered over the internet, software as a service model. Um, so Microsoft kind of surprised the market when it announced and released Windows 11, but now they're talking about a more frequent update yes. to the operating system, and they, we, we're even seeing speculation now of Windows 12 possibly coming yeah. in a year or two's time.
1: It, it's, they're, going more, they're learning from the hardware vendors. It's good to actually have a cycle where you say, like Intel had the TikTok cycle, mm. AMD now has their cycles where they prefer to do something every two to three years and so forth. So it's good to have a target saying this is our target, execute on the target where do we move on from there what can we bring into the new operating system improve and all that jazz so I think that's where, where I would prefer them to go from is to see where from Windows having a proper structure around it seeing what improvements they can do, bring it out in a timely manner and then move on whereas now we get these big updates that come out yeah. and then it's so so many things have changed, mm. you don't actually know what has changed. And that, I think, makes it easier also to sell it, kind of. Mm. Because it's the same with Mac. Mac does the same thing as well with their operating systems. How many Mac operating system iterations do mm. they do? They, they also pretty much, and I annual, mostly they do every three years a big update. Yeah. Hardware is pretty much every three years also update linux does a three-year cycle as well
0: i was gonna say isn't microsoft kind of falling in line with the ubuntu release cycle because ubuntu does uh, a long-term release every three years that's supported for five years or whatever it is into the future then you've got the release updates every six months which are kind of like the the one h and two h releases that microsoft does now with windows um which are smaller um uh, updates uh, but then ha- you have the big release every every three years. Are, are they kind of falling in line with with uh, the sort of the, the, certainly the Ubuntu approach to well, software releases? It's good
1: to it's good to acknowledge when you've when there's something a better way to do something. Mm. So I think they've seen that saying, okay, there is a better way to do this, and it makes it easier then for your software developers to say, sweet, these are targets that we set. What are our targets? What timely fashion can we do that? So uh, that's. It's good for Microsoft to do this. There's hmm. no way around this. I would prefer them to do this because then it's easier for them to actually do hardware changes as it goes as well. So the operating systems might go out of date quicker as well now yeah, yeah. doing that. But it's also good for the hardware vendors because then it's easier to then say, what is the new low end? What is yeah. the new low end? So that stuff can get better quicker. And from
0: a marketing perspective, do you think it's good to call it the, the one that's going to come out two years from now, Windows 12?
1: I don't know. That's the problem. That's now Microsoft will have just been marketing money to find out what <laughs> is the best way to market. Is should they just go Windows twelve, thirteen, fourteen? Which would be a nice naming scheme because, like Apple, Apple's way was quite nice or arty, art-y where you can say ooh, a lion, a and then then they've got this different. Name. But then some customers come and say, like, I don't even know what version of I mean. So having it numerals is a bit easier. Yeah. But you can't fall in the same trap with numerals like with with AMD and NVIDIA and so forth, where you've got 30, 80, 30, 90, and then you start like you've now, you can only do 10 so many times. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you, you can just 1, two, three, four, five, and then you 10. And then, then, okay, then you start at 1 again. <laughs> it,
0: in fact, I think Ubuntu ran into that problem because it rent all the way to Z, didn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there is a problem with that cycle. Yeah. So I think it's, there's a way where you can, I think they now started with Windows 10, 11, 12. It might be an easy way for them to, go to that route and so forth yeah
0: but with windows becoming likely to become a service uh especially in the corporate environment um does it make sense to be using these names anymore shouldn't we just call it windows 365 i I know, I know i mean if you go into the microsoft uh, administration center at the moment where you buy office and all that sort of stuff you i see you can now buy windows as a service yeah. it's there it's an option you can tickets and you pay annually for windows yes so it's there they've launched windows as a service um should we still have these release updates all the time? Should I mean it's called? it Used to be called Office three six five. It's now called Microsoft three six five. It's just should they not just call it Microsoft Windows three six five and be done with it?
1: Well, because it's hard. Operating systems are linked to hardware, so it's easier than to actually have saying this thing. Especially for your OEMs and so forth, mm. it's easier than to market something saying, "Oh, it comes with a new Windows eleven mm. or new t- Windows twelve and so forth." It's a marketing so that's, thing. It's mainly for marketing, and it's also easier for your OEM vendors to say. What certification is is the machine already ready for deployment and all that type of mm. stuff? Mm. Because I tell people, well, technically it is already like that. Mm-hmm. Because I've tried this to, as an experiment. I have used a Windows 11 key to activate a Windows 10 machine. And it activates. No issue. <laughs> you can take a Windows 10 key and activate Windows 11. No problem. You can take a Windows 7 key and activate Windows 11. Oh, well. Wow. So from Microsoft's point of view, they already see it as mm. it's Windows. The name is purely there just to make it easy to see what version on iteration you have. That's yeah. it. So and, and, and help OEMs sell, sell PCs. To sell PCs and so forth. But I think it's mainly easier for technical guys as well to say, okay, what hardware, What if you make a specific type of software, mm. you can tell the customer saying, it works only with this software. Mm. And that software only works with this hardware. Mm. So now you don't have to tell the customer what hardware you need. You just tell them, does your machine run Windows 11? Or does your machine run Windows 12? It will work. Mm. Done. So that makes it easier to for software guys to sell good their point. product instead of saying, Here's the recommendation, you have to have this Intel processor or this type of thing, you can break it down and say, Do you have this operating system? You're good. Don't no worry. Mm. If your machine runs this, you're good. Mm. If it does run it, either you need to update or buy a new machine.
0: And it helps sell more PCs. And uh, you can be sure that there were there were guys who, who ran into this TPM problem who who uh, re- yes. did Windows said uh, very caref- cleverly in that update window. Yes. Your machine is incapable uh, of running uh, windows. 10. We suggest you go and talk to your, <laughs> your yes, local and go computer. Buy, <laughs> and go buy one. So and a mean, lot of people would have done yeah, that. Yeah, so mm. you
1: can, there's two ways you can, uh, you can make an argument people need to use their devices for longer for, for eco reasons and so forth, but then you can debate the other points like, well, if they make less devices, you make less devices, make them more frequently, you end up to the same point then. You're not making more waste then if you just. It's the same with my biggest point will be for most companies as well, bigger companies, and also for hardware. Mm. Instead of trying to make one piece of hardware and make hundred million of it, rather make half of that and then bring the update quicker. Mm. And we can start seeing. Uh, millet, I see some militaries also have realized that idea as well. Mm. Instead of trying to make either one plane or something like that and trying to keep that plane going for 20, 30, 40 years and then the plane is so decrepit and it's so bodged on and it looks like a <laughs> freaking cyborg now because it's 1918 FUTSAC technology with modern day 2021 technology in it. It, it. There becomes problems with that and it becomes more expensive mm. to try and run old hardware with new stuff. Mm. So I think it would be better for the whole industry to, instead of making one laptop and make bazillions of it, make less laptops and have more hardware yeah. cycles come in.
0: But on this Windows as a service thing, I, 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 I think you're right. It makes sense in the consumer, probably more in the consumer market. And I think in the business market, people are just, companies are just going to buy Windows as a service. Yeah, now uh, it's, it's going to go completely. And you'll just have the latest. Version. It's,
1: it's going to be ter- a terminal base. That's even when Windows announced Windows 365, mm. the amount of people that signed up was like, Windows did not expect that. I'm mm. like, of course they can, because you can now buy, literally you can buy your machine you want a quad-core machine with X amount of SSD and so forth, all they need to do is they have to have their laptop, they log into their terminal and they've got more processing power on their terminal hmm. than on the actual machine. Yeah. Or you can give them access. So this and is
0: Windows as a cloud. Uh, Windows service. In the cloud. What do they yes. call that? I've forgotten.
1: Well, it's I think it's just called just Windows 365.
0: Windows 365. Okay. So that's that's delivered, delivered. It's kind of going back to the mainframe era where your PC becomes a dumb terminal and everything's delivered, yes. delivered over the internet to you or delivered over a network connection to you.
1: Yeah. How, how
0: big do you see Windows 365, if that's what it's called? Yeah, it's Microsoft 365. Microsoft it's,
1: 365. Yeah. I, I think mm. it's going to become massive. Mm. I think... Mainly that's where Azure comes in and so forth because I think it only supports on Azure. So I think a lot of companies are going to just offload all of those things. We we'll might see some lawyers get involved because I think Amazon might not be happy about this because mm. Amazon has a, a good grip on the whole data center monopoly type of thing. I can't say really monopoly, but they have a good grip They're on it. the market it. leader, yeah. Yeah, they've got a good grip on it. And a lot of people use that where they actually have their own Virtual machines that they run and deploy, and then people log into their machines from into Azure, and there you go. Yeah. So Microsoft is trying to use their own advantage of an Leveraging. operating system. They're using that. Microsoft lever. being anti-competitive. Oh, well, it's <laughs> They're not being anti-competitive because uh, Amazon can lever. do that. Mm. Amazon can do that, but the problem is the operating costs are much going to be much higher than Microsoft because the, the costs is all internal. Again, mm. they still need to pay for the hardware, which. Again, Amazon you can say have already paid for their hardware, you can say have been such a leader. Mm. So again, the uh, one company will always get another reason to say yep. you cheating and the other company will say, no you cheating and you cheated before me. They're and already fighting uh, Yes, uh, no, there's uh, always a mm-hmm. there's always a throwing fit there between the companies and so forth. So the next big antitrust trial is going to involve cloud. I, I've mm-hmm. got that feeling as well where that's especially with Microsoft going this where you can Get You pay for the office and you pay for the operating system on one go and it's with Azure and you can Mm. log in. It's easier for IT admins then to run it as well because you can then schedule the updates. You don't have to worry about the client's machine updating Mm. and security because the security is all done in that virtual machine. Mm. So there is, I think, a lot of corporate companies are going to switch over to that model because it's going to be much safer, first of all, because less fear of like uh, what's it um, when they block your machine down and so forth using... BitLocker, not BitLocker, encryption and so forth. Oh, uh, ransomware. Ransomware mm-hmm. and all that type of jazz and so forth. Yep. It becomes less and less problem because we've seen a lot of companies get hit by ransomware. Yeah. Even in South Africa, we've seen a couple of companies get hit. I know in America, it's been a way, way worse. Than hospitals and all that stuff. So if they can move to a way where dumb terminals that all log into a VM, it's mm-hmm. much safer for everyone.
0: So where does Windows go in the long term? I'm, I'm quite interested in the way Microsoft, which just, 15 years ago Steve Ballmer called the license that governs Linux the GPL a cancer yes. on the industry now you, Linux is integrated into Windows uh, yes. s- what's it called the Linux subs- s- subsystem yeah Linux was, uh, Windows subsystem for Linux yes. I think it's called yeah. um so they they love Linux now they bought uh, GitHub they yep. um, they 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 genuinely seem to like open source is this is this a ruse is microsoft uh, has Microsoft really changed or is this a, a, a case of um of Im- what, did they, what did they call it embrace extend extinguish
1: well basically it's more of acceptance mm-hmm. there is a better way to do it our software divide i think it's more they become they just accept it Linux is better in uh, certain fields
0: and it's no longer they no longer see it as a threat the GPL threat. is no well, longer going to the problem them.
1: is it's like they came from this point of view of a walled really garden look. We have to protect Windows. Yeah, Windows is this fragile little baby, and it's our baby, which yeah. it is, instantly. Yeah. Balmé was there in the early days, so it is his baby. Yeah. It's Gates' baby. It's their baby. They grew it up, and they made it the monster it is now. But actually, it didn't need protecting because it was so strong. But the problem is, it's their child. Yeah. You will always want to protect your child. Yeah. That's how they feel about that. They fought blood, set, and tears to make... To make Windows. So that's yeah. now, I thought people, well, you need to remember, they're coming from a very a biased point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's where they come from from there. So uh, Windows can go multiple areas. I think they're going to start more, be, more, more fluid in mm-hmm. terms of accepting stuff coming in. That's why they bought GitHub as well to ensure, because I think Microsoft and there was a lot of developers, I think internally, that feared that someone would buy GitHub and destroy it. Mm-hmm. So then a lot of people feel, oh, Microsoft will do that. Mm. But so far, GitHub is still there. Microsoft hasn't really damaged it per se. They've pretty much left it as is. Because, again, they will benefit from GitHub as well. Because once they go the Linux route, they can get more developers come in, see code, develop code on this. It's more transparent and so forth. So I think it's more of accepting what it is, seeing what is improvement, rather than trying fighting the improvement Mm. acceptance and say, this is a better way to do it. Let's incorporate it. Our devs prefer Linux. That's why they have the subsystem built in into Linux because there's certain Four things devs. that mm. Linux is just better. Yeah. Even with hardware, mm. there's even most hardware that runs actually better on Linux than on Windows, especially like AMD Threadripper machines and so mm. forth. Linux runs more calls better than Intel, Ach, better than Microsoft. So that's also one area where I would say Microsoft can see and learn from that and incorporate all the good parts of Linux into it. They'll still keep Microsoft as is and so forth because there's a lot of advantages with Microsoft operating system as said, it. It's pretty bulletproof. Mm. You can't These use it. You, You'll mm. struggle to break Windows. You have These to does. go out of your way to break it. Yeah. Linux, you can look at the funny videos of Linus that's trying to build or try and install Linux on his own machine and then he deleted the operating system and stupid stuff like that and so forth. Windows... It's difficult to do that. Even if you do go in and delete stuff like that, Windows just goes, "Okay, I'll fix myself now quickly," <laughs> because the, the because it's been broken so many times, mm. it, it has become it's like a human body where it's built up an immune system around being broken like that. Mm. Whereas Linux, if you do if you, it's a very fragile thing. Same as with Mac as well. Yeah, Mac, if you break a couple of things, the whole thing just falls in one another and it's dead. Mm. I, I've had machines in with Windows where. Windows cannot even repair the thing and the Windows is so broken, the machine is so slow, but it still works. Mm. It's like a like control panel doesn't work. Certain it's subsystems. Like some sort of Frankenstein's like a, monster. Yeah, the audio drive, the audio system, subsystem yes. for Windows can't work, but the machine still boots and it still goes in. You can still open Word and it still goes, even though some stuff are completely broken. It might be riddled with viruses and all the rest of it. Well, it's it's like I was amazed. We had a couple of clients come in a couple of weeks ago with Windows 10, where it's like completely like half of the operating system is basically full bar mm. And it still worked with linux my my brother's also done where he fixed the machine stuff with linux you do a couple of things in breaks nah, it's gone you have to reload win, uh, linux and because that's like oh no, you should have done backups but <laughs> i should never trust the operating system completely mm. so mm. it's like <laughs> so the,
0: the borrowing aspects of of, yeah. of linux um do you think that windows is going to become more linux-like going forward? Um, I, in the back end, yes. In the back end. Yeah, not the front end. The uh, front end is going to still be yeah. Windows as is. It'll still be a Microsoft kernel. It's yes. never going to be a Linux yeah, kernel. Yeah, no, they're going to just incorporate. They can just, mm. Again,
1: that's what makes it liquid, As you can just yeah. absorb it and then just yeah. use what's all the good parts and then all the bad parts you don't even look at. Mm. So I think it would be, it would behoove Microsoft to do that as well.
0: Is is, is Windows a natural monopoly? Do you think that uh, no matter what Microsoft does, they're going to... Gates, b-
1: gates the, that properly. Yeah. So again, kudos for kudos and car. Again, he did some stuff which you can frown upon, but it's also, he did it aggressively and nobody really came up to compete with him. Mm. Apple didn't really come up to the party to compete because Apple was hard vendor. They mm. didn't want to sell the operating system to Dell HP. Mm. Then you can say, oh, but they stopped other companies. It's like, what other companies were around really? Well, there was
0: IBM, it? which they were co-developing OS2 with. Uh, yes.
1: So you can, now, there we can say there he was a bit of a, a bit of an ass he was that's honest but again it's (laughs) like but IBM should have also been a bit more awake Mm. because again it's like you've now got this company that in its infancy somehow you just like got this guy to do I'm like didn't you guys like internally make your own operating system or look at it's like F- he f- really f-
0: pulled the rug from under
1: IBM. Yes, well, mm. again, it's like <laughs> he saw opportunity, saying, if I just link this he to was IBM ruthless. as well. He was I, ruthless. He was ruthless, mm. again, smart on his point of view, because mm. if he didn't do it, he would not be the man he is now. Yeah. He would not be as wealthy. Mm. So, again, he, he's been smart. Mm. So you, And, again, at those time periods, it was ruthless. It's not as if IMB, uh, IBM this was a this. a good
0: reason they got uh, into trouble with the antitrust yeah, authorities. Well,
1: yeah. Again, it's not as if IBM wasn't mm. a bad person as well. No. Now, a lot of people forget IBM was out. But Trick. they <laughs> they
0: were a big monolithic. Exactly. G-
1: so that's why he, I think I think Bogart's IBM
0: just assumed that uh, that uh, Microsoft would
1: fall into line. Yes, I think because they thought mm. our hammer is oh uh, f- will we'll just be do do death, death, yeah, basically. Exactly. And I think Gates managed that yeah, he did. big intelligently that he got himself mm-hmm. out of that and so forth. They
0: were developing Windows NT without IBM's knowledge. Yes.
1: That was underhanded. That's like... But smart. It's it's <laughs> I can Kudos, kudos where kudos goes. Mm. It's like, I think that was the better option to do. To do yeah. Again, it was the legal reasons. You can say, no, you shouldn't have done that. You have to ask
0: how, how, how invested were they really with the OS2 project Exactly, they were hedging their bets in this exactly. way. Exactly.
1: So yeah. that he also had to be careful because if they just dropped him, he would be screwed. Mm. So again, always have a backup plan. And that was his backup plan, even yeah. though it was a bit more on the legal gray side. But <laughs> And then Windows
0: has dominated ever since. Yeah, and then again... You
1: Intelligently, yeah. he made sure again he walked that line perfectly well between his OEM vendors. Again, he didn't discriminate between OEM vendors; everyone got h- help. Yeah. There's the reason why Microsoft, because bulkheads also pushed a lot and he pushed his engineers hard, yeah. especially software engineers. He did not; he whipped them quite hard sometimes mm. to get stuff done, get stuff fixed, get the hardware done, and so forth. Where Linux and all those things didn't have that money behind it to compete with mm. Windows there. So yes, you can say yes, you could have competed, but it didn't have the same UI. It didn't have all those other nice features that mm. you could use. What's ironic
0: about all of this, though, of course, is I mean, Linux has been around all these all these years, and every year it's, you don't hear it so much anymore. But every year people would say yeah, this is going to be the year of Linux on the desktop. It's going to take over. It's finally happening, and it never does. Yeah. But Linux won everywhere else, right? They yeah. won on the phone. Android just run, runs Linux. They won one in this on the server most web servers in the world are running it's on Linux. Everything, everything Linux. runs Linux except desktop. Apple,
1: even Apple, so is Linux.
0: It's based on Unix. Originally. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's the same basic in underpinnings. Um, so, so Windows won on the desktop, but lost everywhere else. Um, yeah. Does that matter? Uh, probably not, I would argue.
1: Not really. I think it hurts Windows because Windows had a couple of opportunities, especially with mobile and so forth, to actually be truly innovative before everyone else. Mm. So I think it was just, again, management ever Windows, Windows Phone them. or
0: Windows Mobile with the tiles was actually a, quite a nice OS. Yes, no. w-
1: there was... You see, it was good planning, poor execution. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main and problem. And coming man. to market a bit late. Yeah. Well, it depends. Mm. Some of the stuff came way too early. Some of it came too <laughs> way late.
0: <laughs> they, were, they were an early pioneer, in fact, in mobile. Remember, exactly. remember the Compaq, uh, yes. IPAC, uh,
1: t- uh, pen-based... Yeah, yeah, or PDAs. That, or was, that, that was before HP the iPhone. Nine, yeah, way yeah. before. Mm. So I thought it was like... <laughs> It's, it all comes down to execution at the right moment. Yeah. Sometimes you Which is what Steve like Jobs it. did brilliantly with the iPhone. That's right. He, he's good at stealing other people's ideas. And he there's is.
0: nothing wrong with it. But the iPhone was the right
1: product at yes. the right time. Yes. Even though it break, and he knew it. In, 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 <laughs> and, well, he knew it. And it's like you, you could see, he was a good visionary. Mm. You could see different people's ideas put into a package. Yeah. yeah. So Microsoft can do that. The problem is with Microsoft sometimes is there's too many people. And some of the head people are too stuck in a rut with certain things. And there things. wasn't a
0: visionary leader at
1: the top who could direct. Yeah, well, again, most of the companies now, you you can't say that like this isn't a visionary or something like that. Mm. They, that type of thing, thing is gone because Apple. the problem is Apple is, has and will always be a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. That's how the company works. So mm. that if the leader is weak, the whole company is weak. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's how Apple's always been. Yep. If the leader goes, the whole company crumbles if there's not a proper leader to mm. follow it properly. Mm. So... You can see now Apple's also gone into more of a, like a plateau a bit mm. because, again, they don't have as much of a visionary, but they've got a person that's still decent at running the company. Yeah. yeah. So I think if they get another visionary in there that can like really take all the money that Apple's using and say, should we new put in all these different segments? Then I think Apple can actually go even higher than they are now, yeah. but they'll need the right person employed to do that, mm. which they don't have now.
0: Let's talk about potential threats to Windows on the desktop. It's hegemony on the desktop. Yep. Um, Chrome OS is a very interesting product. It's yes. basic. It needs an internet connection most of the time. Uh, it doesn't run advanced applications, so it's probably not going to get a foothold in the market that requires Excel or apps like yep. that, although you can still run Excel on the web. Yes. Um, is, is Do you think Google poses a threat to, to Microsoft in the longer term on the desktop?
1: It's a think what's going to happen with windows is there's going to be multiple fronts of attack against it now Mm. coming Mm. hence why i think they've also now changed the scheduling how they do windows okay because now because linux is now becoming more ubiquitous and it becomes easier to deploy in different systems we can now see that with valve with its consoles again sony sony's operating system is also linux based and so Mm -hmm. forth so i can see that coming where it's going to be easier for multiple companies to just take Linux as is because Linux as is is now getting really good. Mm. We can look at like PopOS. PopOS is fairly decent. It's a great console. OS that, yeah. So it's now becoming easier where, again, the foundations are there. You can literally just take it, skin it, push it out. You can already see, that you can. there's like a bunch of YouTube channels that literally just go through all the different versions of, skinned versions of Linux and all the iterations of that. So I think that becomes easy and easier to do. So you'll see more and more companies bringing out their own, like operating systems for specific niche for their specific hardware. So there we can see Valve coming in as well with their focus and so forth. The The advantage with Windows, with what Windows has with, with Windows mainly, is still with OEMs. Mm-hmm. So unless one of the OEM vendors breaks and says, we're going to go a bit more hardcore on OS, or with, Linux operating systems and so forth. Right. Then we might see Microsoft becoming a bit more angry, but now it's still just Google. Mm. Google doesn't have a good history with proper execution with certain products. And they <laughs> so, and so they they very easily can projects
0: that are yes, working. Yes, so that's the problem. So they yeah. can
1: they've got a good idea, but then the execution falters and then the product dies. Yes, or just gets like abandoned many times. Which before. which Google all software gets eventually gets abandoned mm. sometime. <laughs> the
0: the biggest worst example of of Google doing this is in messaging.
1: Oh well, it's what's it? What which one chat Google G-chat, Chat, G-Chat, and then Hello Hangouts. Or hangouts, yes, uh, <laughs> Hangouts. That's the one that's also. There's a whole list of the whole a litany list of stuff well, they've abandoned. Google has that. So mm. I think at the moment they look at that again. The hardware that it's combo to as well mm. is a bit of a problem for me because mm. it's like the Google operating system is like oh. Celeron type of stuff and Basic so forth. Stuff, It's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's pretty crap stuff. It's like yeah. once it gets to you can I I seen our i5s and so forth. But the problem is still well, what Linux is gonna face is especially with peripherals and all those jazz. Yeah. Plug in, can it work? Yes or no? No. So that's why the people if you do it hardware device like right? like Apple has done. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you do take a Linux type of thing you're trying to um, incorporate, you need to be more like mm-hmm. m- Apple like. Mm-hmm. Where you're gonna start saying, sweet it only works with these things and the people know the ecosystem. Yeah. That's why Valve can get away with it, with the Steam Deck and so forth. Yeah. Because they've made it clear, this is what it does, it's a portable these gaming console, that's yeah. it, it's not a PC. We're not trying to ma- sell this as a PC. You can use it as a PC, they sure. say, but then that's not the main selling point. So I think when you make a hardware dedicated thing like that, I think those will jump out more into other areas. Mm. So I think m- Windows might get to a point where they might start charging even less for the operating system. My problem is that the operating system too bulky to go for those type of systems. So, unless Windows, which I would implore them to do, is to have a, like, get more developers behind Windows and start saying, once we have this annual or scheduled release of Windows, we need to start making different kernels. Saying, this operating system, this breakaway version is better at doing this. This operating system is better doing at doing that. Because you cannot make one operating system do everything. Mm. That's Windows has been trying that for a very long time and, it's failed pretty much. Because they've got they something
0: called Windows SE coming up, Windows 11 SE coming up. That's supposedly going to be the competitor to Chrome OS.
1: Yes. So that Windows, the problem is with those operating systems. They've always been a bit more hamstrung. It's mm. like you can understand where they're coming from, but I think they need to like. It's a complete overhaul of an operating system. You need to do mm. like literally subsystems need to be removed. I hopefully that's what SE will become, if they actually remove proper subsystems from Windows and say mm. treat all these other legacy stuff. We don't need all this legacy support, remove that, make the operating system smaller. The problem is, it will never be as good as Linux, because Linux is much more hardcore coded to that. So unless they take that literally from Linux and just say, sweet, it's a Linux skin of Windows, then you can do that. But the attempts that they've done, so they've done so many multiple attempts, and they've always failed, they need to really do something proper to impress mm-hmm. me. Because they failed so many times.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Interesting. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk in episode three all about Linux, and it's kind of the flip side of this episode, isn't it? Because yes. we're going to be talking a lot about Microsoft in in our Linux discussion yes. as well. And I think there's a lot to to explore there. We could we could continue talking about Windows all afternoon, but I, I think we probably need to <laughs> we probably need to call yes. it at some point. And this is probably a good point yes, to, no, no. It's, to 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 call it. Um, we we think we've covered the main the main stuff around Windows, and uh, it's, it's quite an exciting time to be a Windows user. Actually, uh, I think the the operating system had become a bit dull um and i'm actually quite pleased that it's they're releasing iterations yes. again so f- no, so, I so think frequently. competition is good yeah when, absolutely. when
1: microsoft feels that there's no competition hmm. competition breeds innovation absolutely so
0: uh, we're gonna even if you're not a linux user do tune in you know into our next show because um, it is going to be a fascinating discussion and i'm sure uh, all of our uh, viewers who, uh, who are uh, 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 computer enthusiasts have played with some linux distributions along the line I still play with them from time to time. And Pop! OS, I must say, I've played with quite recently and I'm quite impressed with it. So we're going to talk about all of that, unpack it, uh, what is the importance of Linux, uh, what... What distros should we be using in 2022? Yes, no. I'm Thanks. also going to need to do a bit of research before this episode, <laughs> and it's probably going to be the episode where we get the most user feedback. I suspect because the Linux community is
1: very vocal. Oh yes, apparently uh, they are
0: <laughs> keyboard warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward to that discussion. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's, that's it for the show. It. As always, uh, if you um, don't subscribe to us yet, or if you've missed any previous episodes, they're all available on Tech Central. Subscribe to our daily newsletter at uh, techcentral.co.za and you will get um, all our latest tech shows, all the latest tech news from South Africa and the world um, through that newsletter. Uh, If you want to subscribe directly, just go to youtube.com slash techcentral or search everything PC on any of the major uh, podcasting platforms and you'll find the podcast there, hit that subscribe button and you'll get a notification every time we publish a new episode. This show is brought to you by HP and Microsoft. We look forward to uh, hosting uh, HP and Microsoft representatives at the end of the season. We're going to talk about a lot of these issues. We might even touch on Linux without Microsoft host. Why not? Um, And uh, so we look forward to that discussion as well. Uh, Thanks for joining us from uh, Gerard and myself. Until
1: next week, take care. Cheers.